When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. What is going on, Belly Up Sports fam? It's your man and favorite history teacher, Parker Ainsworth, here with another edition of FN Sports, the podcast for teachers grade sports' biggest issues. Today, after a couple of gold stars, we have one long detention segment. Yes, we have one detention that needs its own segment. We have a long thesis about Summer League in the NBA and it kind of ties into the NFL preseason. And after all that, we wrap up with a tribute to basketball fan Nifty Hustle in honor of the late great artist's heavenly birthday. Let's get started. First gold star is going to go to both Tennessee State and Hansel Emanuel. Now, for those that don't necessarily know the name, Hansel Emanuel has become a viral sensation as a one-armed basketball player. He lost his left arm at the age of six, but he has taken the basketball world by storm. He's a high flyer. He's a great athlete. He goes both directions. Yes, I think that matters. And he can do it all with just one arm. He is a rising high school prospect and got his first scholarship offer to Tennessee State. So shout out to them for understanding that 
ball players can ball. And shout out to Hans Emanuel because that's not easy work. Second gold star goes to both Paris Saint-Germain, PSG, and Messi for coming together to create what has got to be another fun time. It's kind of like we see stars late in their career head to the Lakers or stars late in their career head to the Yankees or stars late in their career head to the Patriots, whomever, right? They find these dynastic teams to go spend the last waning moments of their career in. That's no different here for Lionel Messi and PSG. I will say that while this is somewhat of a match made in heaven, and he's a great distributor and the great strikers and scores, and we'll, we'll get our soccer talk on later this year, I'm sure, the biggest win here is those are going to be sick jerseys. I'm going to need to have Jumpman and PSG send me one or two of those. Shout out to PSG and Messi. If you get me a jersey, we'll get you an extra gold star. Last gold star is going to go to Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields had a... I don't want to say mundane, but he, in his first ever preseason game, had 70% completions, 142 yards, and a touchdown. Again, that's very normal stat line for a young rookie quarterback in their first time out. But what I think deserves the gold star here is all of the talk post-game was about how the game was slowing down for him and how slow the game felt. And that's so, so huge for the Chicago Bears rookie quarterback, right? When quarterbacks see the game slower, they make their decisions better because they're under more control and playing at their own pace. And that never happens for a guy this young. And for a guy, frankly, that was getting dinged for playing in the Ohio State offense before, that's huge. That's big time. Shout out to Justin Fields for that. All right, so this is kind of new here at Billy Up Sports, but we're going to have an entire detention segment for none other than Skip Bayless. Bayless gets this detention for two things, and both of them need to be discussed. So you're going to get your own segment, Skip. Uh, Congrats. Your crummy analysis has finally got me talking about you. Uh, Let me say this. I don't follow Skip Bayless. I don't watch Undisputed or much of FS1 for that matter unless like a Texas Longhorn football game is on. I made the conscious decision a long time ago with Skip Bayless and people like him that they weren't worth the time or airspace of my brain. I only have so many gigabytes and I'm not going to waste it on trash like that. He's simply bad at his job. Like, I don't understand how he's employed bad at his job, much less making millions bad at his job. And it's a shame that this guy was at one point a good journalist, and I think that that kind of gets lost in a lot of the trash talking of Skip Bayless, especially as of late. In the 1980s and 90s, he was a great reporter in the Dallas area and Metroplex, both with SMU and the Pony Excess scandal, as was very well detailed by the ESPN 30 for 30. He did a great job with the Cowboys back then, all of their success, Jimmy Johnson era, and so on. But now, he's just the ultimate gas bag, like the gastiest of gas bags. He doesn't make predictions. If you're paying attention, he just argues for both possible outcomes. He doesn't even seem to enjoy sports. All he does is use them as a way to poo-poo on other people. He talks trash about other athletes, most notably LeBron James, over and over and over again. There's no athlete he seems to enjoy and no sport he seems to enjoy that doesn't come at the cost of another athlete or another sport. It's really a shame. When's the last time you saw Skip Bayless celebrate anything besides himself? Journalists are frequently told to tell the story and not be the story, but the only story Skip tells is his own. It's all about 
him. And so a long time ago, I just had to stop. I, I see him retweeted on my timeline every now and then. I haven't like blocked it all. I just unfollowed it all. And so I'll see him retweeted or I'll hear someone talk about him. And I guess that's fine. I, that's like the periphery of my gigabyte storage, if you want to keep going with that metaphor. And so I guess every now and then he does creep in. Last week, one of those retweets came across my timeline, but it wasn't from an undisputed account or from an FS1 account at all. It was a relatively grainy video that was very clearly recorded from someone's cell phone pointed at their television. A skit made some comment about Mike McCarthy being unable to coach because he's in bad physical shape, right? Because that's a really important part of being an NFL football coach is your physical conditioning, apparently. Co-host Jenny Taft, in trying to get on to the next segment, called that unfair and said they had Chris Broussard coming on next and was trying to keep the show moving. But Skip couldn't move on. He was so clearly shocked that someone called him out. He didn't think it was a, quote, fair shot that Taft, another host and voice on the show, disagreed with him. And so there's a lot of things that are wrong here. But let's start back at the start. What Skip Bayless did say about Mike McCarthy is not fair. You cannot just say that based on someone's physical appearance, they cannot do a job that does not require using some aspect of their physical appearance, right? Like, it'd be one thing if he was saying he doesn't think that Mike McCarthy would be a great professional marathon runner. That might be fair, right? But that's also not Mike McCarthy's job. Mike McCarthy's job is to coach the Dallas Cowboys. And while I do have criticisms of Mike McCarthy as a head football coach, I'm not trying to let him skate here either, none of them have anything to do with shape or size. Frankly, They don't have anything to do with that for Andy Reid either, and he's a tremendous football coach, and he finally did win the Super Bowl two years ago. But even before then, he was considered one of the greatest coaches to not win the Super Bowl until he finally did with this kid named Patrick Mahomes. Now, I understand everyone's going to write that off as like, of course, Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, but that growth and development has to come from somewhere, right? Because he came from Texas Tech, and none of y'all saw him turning into that out of the gate, right? And so that year of sitting behind Alex Smith, that year of hearing coaching from Andy Reid, and then he took off into MVP, to Super Bowl MVP, and so on. That comes from Andy Reid. Clearly, size does not matter for coaching in the NFL. Frankly, we can look at how many former players are now coaching, and are we just supposed to assume that former offensive linemen, half of the people on the field for offensive play, can't be head football coaches unless they drop like 100 pounds? Like, What is Skip Bayless trying to point out here? It's just emphatically false there's lots of ways to take shots at Mike McCarthy as a coach he doesn't gamble enough or he doesn't trust his players enough he runs a somewhat antiquated offense he has trouble playing with the modern game there are lots of ways to go about it that ain't one the second reason Skip Bayless gets his detention here is the dismissive demeanor he's giving to his co-worker this is supposed to be a show with three hosts this is supposed to be a show that benefits from having Skip Bayless as a host and having all of his opinions and insights, Shannon Sharp as a host and having all of his opinions and insights, and Jenny Taft as a host and all of her opinions and insights. Dismissing their opinions with the demeanor that he did in that clip, and I'm not going to post it, you can go find it, it's all over Twitter, is wrong. That is not sharing the wavelength. That is making yourself the center of a three-person show, the center of a three-person person thing that's being a bad teammate which makes me think skip himself had his own problems as an athlete but this ain't a show about that either it's being a bad co-worker that's not what the show is about he clearly doesn't respect jenny and i think that's worth mentioning here in that like skip would not have said that to shannon right we've seen skip and shannon disagree 
And the way that Skip and Shannon disagree on that show, again, through clips that come up on my Twitter timeline. So if you have a whole lot of evidence to the contrary, I, I guess be fair. But what I see retweeted on the timeline is not Skip Bayless straight up saying that Shannon Sharp's not being fair to him. Because all Jenny said was that it's not really fair to point out that Mike McCarthy is a large person and therefore he's somehow a worse coach. And I think that that's fairly clear. Again, we have time and time again example that your size does not matter as a coach. You can be somewhat unintimidating, like when Tom Coughlin walks in a room. You can be very athletic, like Robert Sala or Sean McVay. Or you can be large, like Andy Reid and Mike McCarthy. Clearly, there are all types of body shapes. And I think that what Jenny Taff was saying there was fair. And that he took such note to what she was saying, as opposed to anything that Shannon ever says, is worrying to me, that's worth pointing out and that's worth giving Skip an extra long detention. It's another layer to this. Skip Bayless has a problem that the woman next to him says he's wrong and he has some gut feeling, you can tell him how defensive he is, that she is right. And that doesn't sit well with him because Skip's whole world is Skip. And so when Skip's wrong, that messes up with his perception of the world and we need to sit in detention and have a good long look in the mirror and talk about what our world looks like. All right, so our first and I guess technically only thesis for the day is about the NBA Summer League, but I think it really can carry over to a lot of other preseason sports. We'll talk about that some. The thesis reads that we, collectively as the fans, overvalue the NBA's Summer League in Las Vegas. I'm giving this one a C minus. I have a few things that I think are pretty wrong with this and why we need to make sure we're watching things like summer leagues and preseasons and so on. But I don't want to just straight up flunk it because there are people that go way, way too far. So we're going to sit at a C minus. This kid is eligible to keep playing this semester. All right. So first, before we say we overvalue, we as fans overvalue the summer league, or other preseason sports and things like that, let's make sure we set in stone what we're talking about with the Las Vegas Summer League. The Las Vegas Summer League has boomed in the last decade of growth in the NBA. It used to be glorified pick of games happening in Vegas in front of NBA owners and GMs and coaches, and now it's a full 30-team field with a bunch of TV cameras, it's on ESPN, ESPN2, because it's exciting, it's fun, it's the first chance for many of us to get to watch some of these rookies play at the NBA level, right? They're all getting to play together. And if your team had a rough year last year, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, I'm a Rockets fan. You get to watch a bunch of great draft picks, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, we got Jalen Green, come out here and play on the NBA stage, right? And that's a big, fun deal. It's also worth noting that the Las Vegas Summer League is not the only Summer League. There was one in California. There's usually one in Orlando. And Sometimes they pop up elsewhere before and after the Vegas one, but the Las Vegas one has traditionally become the biggest. Now you can take that and run with it however you want to. Does that because the NBA teams, owners, GMs would rather go to Vegas than any other city to go visit? It's always the site for USA basketball. It's also not an NBA city, and so it's a great chance for all of those people to get to go to Vegas, air quotes, for work for a little while. But whatever the case may be, the Vegas Summer League has been the one that blew up. I think there is value in the NBA Summer League because it's the first time these young guys are getting coached between games by NBA coaches. Now, obviously, the G League Ignite 
and overtime elite and those kinds of things may twist this in the coming years, right? I totally understand that that is perhaps an antiquated way of looking at Summer League. But they play on Tuesday night. They're watching film Wednesday and taking notes from an NBA head coach about how to get better for the next game. That's their first time doing that, watching the growth between games one and two or three and four or one and bracket player, whatever the case may be, is important. And I think that's worth noting that if you think a guy is slow in defensive rotation at the start, that does not mean he's slow in defensive rotation by the end of the week, right? And I think that that's important because of the coaching that they're getting. There's also just getting adjusted to the pace of play. You even see it happen within a single game, like the way Evan Mobley was somewhat timid at the start of the Rockets-Cavs game, the first game at the gate for him. But by the end of it, he was a defensive force. He really was moving around a whole lot differently. I think it's also worth noting that because of the way the NBA has become with older veteran-laden teams creating big super teams and other teams like Oklahoma City and Orlando and so on becoming glorified farm system type of teams with all of these young players and all of these young picks and so on, these guys are getting time to play together. Like, if you watch the Detroit Pistons in the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas, they sent four people that started NBA games last year, and they have number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham. Realistically, when those five guys are on the floor together, working at game speed with game officials and NBA coaching, that is getting ready for NBA basketball in a way that's unmimicable in any other setting. I also think it's worth pointing out here that NBA GMs and front offices are using this as a chance to watch everyone because they may want to go get someone if you're a Cleveland Cavaliers GM. You may see that guy playing in Sacramento on their summer league team and think, man, that guy'd look good in maroon. We need to find a way to get that guy to our system or that guy could really flourish for us and they don't have space from over there. What can we do to work that out? This is not just for us as fans to take games in, although that is what the thesis talks about. The Summer League has real purpose, and it has. there's a reason it becomes a televised event. We all want to see these guys, because then if you're that Cavs fan and you're watching them go get that Sacramento guy, you now have some sort of a connection. Oh, I saw that guy play in Summer League. Oh, I really like when he did this, that, and the other thing, right? I also think that it's worth pointing out, if you're looking at the Summer League, it's worth pointing out that no one that has ever been good has ever been bad in Summer League. Now, yes, there have been times, and I think this thesis is really getting at, that there have been times where a great Summer League player did not pan out to become a great NBA player. However, can you name a single player that was flat bad in Summer League and then had a great NBA season the next season? Obviously, there are cases where a guy has a bad summer league, a year, a rookie year in the NBA and grows and develops, has a better summer league in his second summer, and then comes out and has a better sophomore season and so on. Growth does not have to happen, A, linearly, or B, in the three weeks of summer league. But it's hard to think of people that have had great years after bad summer league runs, and that's because it's kind of a weeding out system for teams, right? If you can't make it at summer league, you're probably just going to be a G League guy that year, unless it's a guy that you have a heavy invested draft pick in or a lot of money in or whatever. Then we're going to call you up and see what we can make out of you. But if we as fans are watching that summer league, 
it's a chance for us to do the same. We're watching these guys figure out who's going to make the roster, and that's important to us. And that's where I compare this to other preseason type of games. Namely, as we are in mid-August, that's where I compare this to the NFL preseason. Right? We watch NFL preseason football games, and Jordan Love becomes a trending topic on Twitter. Jordan Love, the guy that, if Aaron Rodgers is there and playing, will not start a football game in Green Bay, is a trending topic because of his play in a preseason game. P.J. Walker, right after all the stuff that Carolina just gave up to go get Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker becomes a trending topic on Twitter based on a preseason game. And I'm not saying that that's overreaction or overvaluing. You're looking at like, oh man, what does this team have on their roster and guys that I might not get to see in game time? Because you better believe that the Green Bay Packers are going to roll out with Aaron Rodgers game one and he'll be the starter. Or that the Carolina Panthers are going to roll out with Sam Darnold after all they gave up to get him in game one and he'll be the starter. But that doesn't mean you don't want to know about Jordan Love or P.J. Walker. And frankly, if something happens and Green Bay were to trade Aaron Rodgers because he has been unhappy, you want to know who the guy is coming in. You're a fan. This is your chance to learn that guy. If you're a Carolina Panthers fan and you see the report that actually after trading all that stuff for Sam Darnold, they're going to go with this P.J. Walker guy who played in the XFL you kind of want to know why. You want to understand why and watch the games that help make that decision. If anything, this NBA Summer League is closer to a real game than a lot of those preseason football games are, right? There are unwritten rules in preseason football about the violence of the sport, about when you take the hits, what kind of hits you lay, etc. This is not the case in basketball. Basketball, because of the nature of the sport, is going to be a more realistic game. The other thing is a first-round quarterback that is going to be your starter, a la Trevor Lawrence, gets limited play in preseason, right? He's going to be the starter, so he needs to be the guy that's healthy, and you can't put him out there taking too many hits. Cade Cunningham's getting all the minutes for Detroit, the number one pick in the NBA. He's getting every single minute he can, and that's also important, right? If anything, the Summer League is a more realistic sample size for us to look at these guys. The last thing I'll say in comparing the NBA Summer League to the NFL preseason, both of which I think are worth watching. I want to make sure I say that a couple times. The NFL is, as football is, a more difficult sport to orchestrate. you got 11 guys in the field at a time, 11 offense, 11 on defense, and a bunch of special teams. Like That's a lot of orchestration to go through in practice. Compared to the regular season product, the NFL is an even sloppier product in the preseason than the NBA Summer League is to the NBA games. Like, yes, NBA teams are not doing the same kind of scouting, and yes, they are not running as complicated of offenses or defensive coverages as they will in the regular season or the playoffs and so on, but the gameplay is more similar. It's not quite roll the ball out and play. Like, there will be sets and that kind of a thing, but it's closer, and that makes it closer to the real game, whereas the NFL... You've been in camp a couple weeks. You had OTAs, right? Like, how much work have you done as 11-on-11 live football play? And they got to shake that kind of stuff out. I I think that that makes the NBA's product even better. Again, I think you should watch both. But this thesis is about how we overvalue as fans the NBA Summer League. And I don't see anyone say that about NFL preseason. And I think that's why I'm really tying these two close together. 
Last but not least, the NFL guys are making plays because they don't they get cut. That may be it for them. If you're in the NBA and you have a couple bad outings in summer league, you don't necessarily get cut. You go to the G League, right? And G League guys aren't stuck in the G League. They get the two-way contract. They get uh, right swaps and so on. And those guys may end up working their way back. And so watching them for the glimpses in the summer league may actually lead to them getting a job later and you have some sort of a way to remember them later. Okay, Parker, so the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we, we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, so this next part is what we're going to call a essay writing. I don't know. This is interesting and new for the show. We'll see how it goes. It may stick. It may not. But I thought it needed to get done. We're going to talk about Nipsey Hussle, who passed away on March 31st of 2019 after he was shot in the parking lot of a store. We're going to get more into the story there for a second. But Nipsey Hussle is a big part of basketball and the NBA, and as it is his birthday on August 15th, the day this is all getting recorded, and the week afterwards, obviously, when it's being played, I thought Nipsey deserved a little airtime. If you don't like the essay thing, let us know. Uh, this is a, an oral auditory essay, so check it out. I remember hearing about Nipsey Hussle in March of 2019, and frankly, thought it was bogus. I didn't think it was real. After all the good Nipsey Hussle had done, who would be hunting him down? The surreal feeling only doubled down when it was reported that he was in the parking lot of his store, Marathon Clothing, on Slauson Avenue, and in broad daylight. To triple down, Nipsey was getting some free clothes for a recently released friend. The friend was getting out of prison, and Nipsey thought he needed new clothes to meet his family for the first time in years. Shot trying to help someone get on their feet. Feels like that's the only way Nipsey Hussle could have gone. Uh, President Barack Obama may have pinned it best when he wrote, while most folks look at the Crenshaw neighborhood where he grew up and see only gangs, bullets, and despair, Nipsey saw potential. 
Unlike a lot of rap stereotypes, Nipsey Hussle denounced the gun violence in the community around him. He spoke openly about his experiences and in the gangs that he was a part of, but he invested in things like STEM programs in the LA Unified Schools of his area. Culturally, he sought to build Destination Crenshaw along Crenshaw Boulevard. The project is an outdoor museum through street art, outdoor sculptures, and murals that celebrate the long history of things like the Black Panthers and all the first the neighborhood in Crenshaw in South Central Los Angeles. He reached out to the Rock Nation about helping curb gun violence in Los Angeles. The meeting was set for April 1st, 2019, less than 24 hours after he was assassinated. We saw the impact of Nipsey Hussle immediately. Days later, after notching the first 2020-20 triple-double in decades, then-Oklahoma City star Russell Westbrook of losing her high school in Lawndale could be seen pounding his chest and yelling, This is for Nipsey. This is for Nipsey. 2020. It's worth noting that the neighborhood Nipsey Hussle grew up in is called the Rolling 60s. I know I'm a history teacher, not a math teacher, but 20 plus 20 plus 20. It's pretty easy math. Players from Southern California requested to have Nipsey music played pregame in arenas across the country. Houston, home of multi-platinum artist Travis Scott, blared Nipsey Hussle at the request of James Harden, an Artesia High School alum from Lakewood, California. In an appropriately more muted response, then-Toronto Raptor Kawhi Leonard of Martin Luther King High School in Riverside inscribed R.I.P. Nipsey on his sneakers. The Scotiabank Arena momentarily muted Drake and played Nipsey. But Nipsey Hussle wasn't just an artist players wanted to listen to or an activist they wanted to be like. He was a fan. Nipsey was famous for his Pumas, but when local star James Harden came through, he'd wear the same Adidas as Harden. With Kawhi Leonard, he'd wear New Balances. He wore Jordans for Westbrook. He'd enthusiastically play in NBA players' charitable pro-am games in the summertime. He'd get involved in their charities and even swap studio tours for front row seats. Nipsey Hussle always wore muted colors, unless he'd wear purple and gold for his hometown Lakers. But make no mistake, while everything about him read L.A., Nipsey was a man of the people of L.A. He cared as much about the opponents originally from L.A. as much as he did the guys wearing the purple and gold like he was. Los Angeles has famously produced more of the 500 NBA players than any other city. In a given season, over 100 different NBA player contracts are tied to guys born in L.A. County. The Lakers are great, but that's Nipsey Hussle's team, the guys from L.A. The story that made this stick out from just months before his assassination was the second game of the 2018-19 season. It was LeBron James' first season in Los Angeles, and Houston was in town fresh off of Western Conference Finals appearance. Nipsey Hussle was courtside in his Magic Johnson jersey, and pictures of that have become famous. Right, The famous Nipsey Hussle in the Magic Johnson jersey courtside has become a famous photo. Towards the end of the game, Houston's Chris Paul and LA's Rajon Rondo got chest-to-chest. Based on whose story you go with, there may have been some spit, there was definitely a finger point, and the two threw punches and had to be separated. Nipsey, who undoubtedly has seen much worse scraps in basketball games, stood up immediately. Some took that to be him ready to fight. But Nipsey Hussle said in an interview with TMZ later, Nah, definitely not. I was just reacting. I got love for all the players in the Rockets as well as the Lakers. It's all for LA. He continued and finished, I don't do all that. I don't need to be instigating no fight. Artist, activist, NBA fan, and pacifist. Gone too soon. Happy birthday, Nip. Class, that is another edition of F in Sports. Do we feel like we learned anything? 
Yes, that was a hoops-heavy episode. But if you're into hoops, you're in luck. Check out the Midweek Midrange on Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern on YouTube and Twitter, where the Belly Up Basketball crew breaks down all things NBA Summer League, the WNBA season resuming, and more. You can find the Midweek Midrange on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Midweek Midrange. As for me and my personal stuff, you can find me posting about everything from sneakers to the Rockets to the Longhorns to what's for lunch at Painsworth512 on Twitter and Instagram. I'll be sure to post the latest things I'm creating with Belly Up all over, so be sure you're following at Painsworth512 on Twitter and Instagram. That's at P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter and Instagram. This show is also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at FNSports2. That's at F-I-N-S-P-O-R-T-S, number two, all one word on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram at F underscore N underscore sports. Be sure to like, download, subscribe, and do all the wonderful things that help out the podcast. And please remember, when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.